Welcome to Sex, Body and Soul. I'm Kate Roberts, founder of The Body Agency. And on this show, we talk about the marvel that is our bodies, what they can do and what they need to thrive. Ladies out there, our time is now. Let's get to it. Our next guest is KK Clivio, and she is the most amazing yoga instructor and human being. She will be talking about and demystifying the ancient practice of yoga. So we can really relate to it in these modern times. All the different types of yoga, the health benefits, aspects around alignment, focus, and breathing, and how this is really mind, body, and soul. So I'm thrilled to have on the show, KK Clivio. KK, so good to have you in the studio. How are you? Namaste. Namaste. Thank you so much for having me. I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I hear you've got some volcano fog going on in the background there. <laughs> so we're, we're kind of setting the tone. <laughs> <laughs> we call it VOG, for the fog from the volcano, and uh-huh. it is real. And yeah, you can see it in the air, but the beauty of Madame Pele and the power of Madame Pele that is happening over on the big island is making her way over to Oahu. Well, of course, you're in Hawaii, a place I have visited many, many times. It always makes me so happy. And we got to know each other quite a few months ago now through our partnership with Equinox. And I started to learn all about you. And every time I see you, every time I speak to you, KK, I feel, I just feel healthier. I really do. I feel zen. I feel happy. I feel like I have the power in me to change the world. I mean, me and the team this morning were talking about the power of KK. And I know that your students and your followers feel the same way and you are just a remarkable person. So thanks for being here. And I, I cannot wait to continue this journey that we're on together. Me as well. We're just getting started, Kate. Thank you for all those kind words. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that I can hold the space for you like that. And every time I'm around you and your team of amazing women, um, I feel empowered in the way that I know that I can change the world and coming into connection with you and collaboration and Equinox. I mean, there's a lot of powerful forces all together. Indeed. Yes. Boom. There is a lot of powerful (laughs) forces that have come together. And you've had this remarkable career so far as a yoga practitioner and teacher. And you have this big following. You've worked with Equinox for so many years. What got you into the practice of yoga? There's a couple of different things. And I was in my early 20s. And I always say, whenever I tell, I I teach the teacher trainings for Equinox and and Pure Yoga. And I always say, at the beginning, when I'm telling my story, I was into yoga, but when yoga was still weird, right? There wasn't a a yoga studio on every corner like we see nowadays, which I'm very grateful for because I do believe that yoga is what is going to change the world, obviously. But I found it in my early 20s when I was paddling Hawaiian outrigger canoe and I sustained a back injury. But at the same time, I was I look back at my life now and I see that I was also at that time still healing very deeply from a traumatic car accident that I was in that I lost one of my dear friends. And I was in PTSD for a really long time. And when I first started to hit the mat, it might have I did it for the intentionality of becoming a better athlete 
improving all of my athleticism and everything that I got from even just the first class, my back felt better. But by my fifth class, I had already felt so completely transformed in a way that was emotional. Mm-hmm. It was spiritual. Mm-hmm. It was on every level mm-hmm. that my soul felt this shift. Yeah. I could feel the healing energy. <laughs> I can so relate to that. I went mm-hmm. to live in Burma, now called Myanmar, for a couple of months. And I actually studied with the monks, the Buddhist monks. And, you know, just being around that, and of course, yoga. Buddhism, spirituality, mindfulness, like when you combine all those things, it's so powerful in your head, right? It really is mind, body, and soul in addressing trauma, in addressing stress and sleep, and there's just so many benefits. So I understand that the three important aspects of yoga are alignment, focus, and breathing. Have I got that right? Yes, Okay. There, there are three very, very important parts of it for sure. And we're, we're going to delve into that. But I first want to understand a little bit more about the origin of yoga. And from my research, I understand, tell me if I'm right, mm. is that it really started about 5,000 years ago. 5,000 years ago. I mean, to an American, that's crazy, right? Not that I'm American. You know, we have our own history <laughs> in England. But 5,000 years ago in northern India, And the reason we know that it was in the ancient texts of the Rig Vega. Now, have I got any of that right? Yes, yes. You have part of the history for sure. I mean, that's what I think that our current culture is is being taught that yoga started about 5,000 years ago. Its roots go back to the first texts of the Rig Veda. And this is the first place that we see yoga mentioned. And, you know, we're not talking about yoga asana or the poses like triangle or camel or down dog. We're talking about how these things, they were practices. A lot of the Vedas, to go back as far as the Vedas, were these practices or offerings in ritual Mm -hmm. around creating connection to a divine source. And, you know, when we talk about the word yoga and we talk about this union, that it means union or to yoke, In the deepest roots of it all, it means yoking with the divine source. And yes, I mean, that. but there's so many different levels of the word union and how we use it in our current culture. Mm. In this modern yoga society is we're using the asana piece, which is great, right? Whatever it Mm -hmm. takes for us to get there. Because I believe if you do the yoga, the yoga will do the work. So however we get somebody on the mat, all of that tradition and ancient wisdom and will do the work for you. Mm. All of the other stuff is going to start evolve. If you've ever, I'm sure even in your own yoga practice, Kate, you know, after you practice for a little while, I think it's just part of the natural evolution of a yogi to want to learn more, to want to learn more about, that's why yoga teacher training, I believe has become so popular in this current Mm. culture as well as People are taking classes five days a week and they only get this one hour Mm. that they get to be on their mat and they get to connect with their body. So that's the union, right? They're where they're trying to create a union between all of their body parts. And then when we breathe properly in the practice, it connects us with spirit. And Mm. that's just undeniable. So it's this mystical thing, right? It's it's very mystical. It's very mystical. And there's just a natural evolution for a yogi 
to then want to start to learn more about the practice, to learn more about its roots and its history. And it does go back as far as they say the 5,000 years old. But I had the privilege of working with one of my dearest friends and deep yogis. His name is Yogi Charu. And he and I led the pure yoga teacher training for over 13 years together. And he always taught the history of yoga. And I taught the history of modern yoga as far as the teachers and Mm -hmm. the asana practice and how it's evolved. And Charu would teach when he would teach the history of yoga, he would talk about is that it's as old as creation, that it's as old as, you know, we've been here because it's our union with the divine source. It's our union with every living thing around us. And um, it just reminds us that we are a piece of nature and a part of it all and not separate from anything. So if you think about it, we've come a long way from that 5,000 years where if you really think about it, it's an absolute natural thing to move your body, to work your your mind, to meditate, to stretch, to run, to balance, to all of those things that are so important. Um, But we have come a long way where, as you say now, there is a yoga studio on every corner. I mean, me growing up, that was not the case. Like, I don't think I experienced any form of yoga at all, certainly in England, very little. But then I went on to really get into aerobics and on the mat and Pilates and and actually, I don't know whether you know this about me, but I had my own aerobics studio. So I was a teacher out in Russia. In Russia, is that right? In Russia. Yeah. Yeah. I did read. I did a little reading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have my own studio. It was called Kate's Aerobics. Amazing. But yoga definitely was not a thing at all in the 80s. And I think it really started to spring up in the 90s to the level that we are now. I'm yeah. sure like Jane Fonda and people like that sort of exactly helped yeah. put it on the map, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, my the first yoga studio in 90, I guess it was like 96 that I took my first class was a Bikram, you know, yeah. the B word. But yeah. Well, we need to talk about that, right? Because yeah, we'll talk about that. And yeah. It was, you know, this was way back. And um, my teacher, Denise Marie Luco, was one of his first students at his Beverly Hills studio, probably one of 11 people that he trained in that year. And and she was one of the first guardians of his tradition. And she was who brought it here to Hawaii. And that's all we had back in the 90s. Was that the hot yoga? Yeah, very, very hot. And they lock you in and you're you're in. Wow, you sweat it out. (laughs) Yeah. And you sweat it out. And from the moment I stepped on my mat, I was totally intrigued. I liked really hard things at that time too, right? Yeah, I was paddling yeah. outrigger canoe for 41 miles and I liked things that were really challenging and athletic and hard. So that was a perfect fit for me at that age. And, you know, I, I obviously have evolved from that and studied with so many different people and so many different ways to engage in the practice. And there, there just, there is so many different ways to approach it, which I'm so grateful for because I don't, I don't always want to do a 90 minute hot class anymore. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely got into the hot Bikram yoga. That's what I was doing. And I think it is something about the the sweating. And I mean, it just the sweating alone feels like a workout, right? I mean, yeah. but what I want to drill down are the absolute benefits of doing yoga. So if somebody is listening to this podcast and they've never done it, like what are they going to get out of it? 
let's first think about six <laughs> things that you would say yeah. the top six things that someone could get out of yoga practice. My first thing that I would say, and what you just said, like if somebody's coming into the yoga space to be benefited from X, Y, and Z, I would say that they should set intention around what it is that they want to derive from their practice, because ultimately the practice has endless amounts of benefit. So it's like, what do you want to align yourself with? And then just like I did, oh, okay, I wanted to become more athletic. Then all of those other aspects, uh, the, all the other jewels of it start to reveal themselves to you. But I mean, just what's an interesting fact about our bodies is our bodies are these amazing organisms and 98% of our cells replace themselves annually. Our stomach lining recreates itself every five days. Our liver cells turn over every six weeks, something like that. So this whole organism is in constant recreation already without us being a co-creator. And with yoga, you get to become a co-creator of everything. I would say breathing better and, and having a better lung capacity, clearing up any kind of lung issues, mm -hmm. especially people coming out of COVID. I've worked with some people coming out of mm -hmm. COVID to improve their lung function. Mine also was the intention of healing my back. Well, I do want to talk about healing because yeah. talk about India. I had a very nasty accident in Northern India, actually, where I ruptured and broke my arm, namely my wrist mm -hmm. in about 50 places. It basically broke all the bones. My hand was like falling off my arm. It was okay. horrendous. Yeah, and of course, oh. I'm at the top of a mountain when it happens. And that is not happens. where you want it to happen. Oh, tell me about it. It was horrendous. Wow. It was literally, I'll never forget it. I'd rather have like 10 more babies, you know, than <laughs> go through that again. Uh, the pain was excruciating. And of course, nobody wow. knew how to fix it. And I ended up getting sort of gangrene also because they put the oh cast on gosh. too tight. And oh my gosh, it was, it was pretty awful. Oof. It does make you realize though, how inadequate healthcare is around the world. You step out of the West and into, you know, northern parts of remote parts of the world and healthcare is completely yeah. inadequate. But the point yeah. is, is now that I'm left with a wrist and a hand that doesn't have the strength that it needs really to do great yoga practice, like, because it is all about balance and strength and, you know, putting weight on various limbs. And so the healing of yoga. Now you said that you had a back injury. Like yeah. I, from bouncing up and down on concrete all those years in Russia, teaching my um, aerobics and step aerobics, I think it was, shattered also my knees and my splints. And yeah. so I'm damaged goods. Okay, okay. You're going to have to work really hard <laughs> on me. But I do know that yoga can help all of that. So talk to us about yeah. that. Like, yeah. You wouldn't think that it would be restorative in that way because yeah. it hurts. Like my wrist hurts, my knees hurt, like everything hurts. Yeah. Right. So how does that work? <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, here's the real truth. As we age, right, this, this body is a vehicle and we have to take in the vehicle for tune-ups. We have to fill it with gas. So I always think of my yoga practice and my mat, like it's a tuning station. I don't wake up pain-free every day. I have like osteoarthritis in my knee, my back, if I don't tend to it every day, once you have a back injury, truly 
you're using it as maintenance. So it's body maintenance, daily body maintenance that we all need because this vehicle is getting older. You know, I'm, I'm turning 50 next month. So I feel all those feels, Kate, but I can't tell you, like, I think I can like a little bit wobble up the stairs sometimes to yoga with my knee and I come out and I'm like kind of skipping down the stairs. So that's just, you know, proof in the pudding. It's like everything gets taken care of Mm -hmm. when you are focused, when you're present with yourself, when you can really focus your attention inwards and give yourself that healing, loving breath, like every breath you take in that hour that you carve out for yourself or however long your practice is, if you really focus your attention and your energy and being present, tremendous things happen. Mm. The healing happens in the here and the now. Well, I feel like the healing happens not just in your body, but in your mind and in your soul. Oh, yeah. Physically, mentally, emotionally. Everything. And that is exactly how I feel when I leave a yoga practice. Like I have to sometimes like really force myself there, like aching and just like you. And then I feel feel like I could like conquer the world afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about the breathing. So that's pranayama. Is that right? Have I said that right? Beautiful. Beautiful. Pranayama. Pranayama. Prana is the word for energy or life force, breath. And yama means to restrain. So Mm -hmm. different kind of breathing techniques. All pranayamas, beautifully said. Okay, lovely. And for somebody that's like A-type, you saw what I put on some of my social media. When I lie down, my head is like, like going around like a a helicopter. (laughs) Right. And, you know, it takes me a while in yoga practice to really settle my mind and not thinking about, oh, I didn't take the uh, laundry out the washing machine and... Right. You know, I look around me and I see all the like super duper yogis doing their umming and breathing and (laughs) pushing that air out. And I just like, it's really hard for me. So, and I know a lot of people suffer with this, right? They really want to get into it, but they cannot still their brain. Like, do you have any tips on what to do? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I was going to say for you when you're going to sleep, one of the pranayama exercises that I think is the most, it's it's one of my favorites because it's fun, but it also really does clear your mind. And it also, it's written in Light on Yoga by BKS Iyengar that it is prescriptive for insomnia. It's called mm. Brahmari Breath. And it's, you make the sound of the bee and you do it for over and over, like a wave of these humming sounds mm. and it settles you. And, and I've done it with, I don't teach a lot of kid yoga. But when I've done it with a rambunctious bunch of children, it does settle them as well. So, you know, different types of breathing will calm the central nervous system. Mm -hmm. And I like just, I mean, for us, if I'm seated, if I'm in a place, I mean, I can do my yoga anywhere. You can do your yoga anywhere, right? I say you can even do a sun salutation on the train. If you just close your eyes and imagine you're inhaling arms up, exhaling, Mm -hmm. folding forward. Because you can mentally do these exercises. It doesn't always have to be such a physical exercise. It can be a mental exercise. Well, I feel like sleep, relaxation, meditation are underrated. And especially when you get to our age, right? You're edging into your 50s or you're in your 50s and you've got menopause and that all your hormones being disrupted. Mm -hmm. 
hot flashes. Yeah. I mean, I remember growing up as a young girl, my father was a sea captain and I we would go away on the ship and we're talking like a mega tanker, like biggest ship in the world. And we would take the ship and at night I'd be in my little bunk and I would just listen to the ocean and the rocking of the boat. And sometimes I use that now. I try to go back to my childhood place of, you know, happy memories. Yeah, definitely. And then feel like I'm on the boat and, you know, anything to calm this crazy brain of mine that just Uh won't switch off. But you can tap into that somatically because you had that somatic experience of being on the boat. So when you pull that back in, that actually is like living in your cells that it can bring you to a calmer place. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's visualization meditation. I wanted to share that because it really does work. And and sleep is for the person who listens to this podcast. I talk about it nonstop because if you don't sleep and you're unable to relax and recharge, like you're going to be useless, especially in, you know, the culture we live in today with phones and social media and, and, you know, business and kid rearing and relationships and all the stuff that we achieve in a day, right? This Mm -hmm. yoga practice, this mindfulness, this spirituality, this, these techniques, right? Like we need techniques. Techniques. Exactly. I find this very, very important. Now, of course, what we haven't spoken about yet is the fact that this sculpts your body. I've really noticed this, right? Like I have not had a lot of time to really get back into my practice. And of course, you coming into my life is changing all of that in a big way. Yes. We've only just begun, Kate. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. I know. Like, you don't understand. Like, once I'm in, like, I'm fully in. Like, you're not getting rid of me. <laughs> but I, when I was really doing yoga, you know, once, twice a week, I saw my body change. And you, you yeah. look at people like Jennifer Anderson, right? She's 55, 56 yeah. years old. Her body is perfect. It's because she does yoga five times a week. Every day. It's all she does. She doesn't do anything else. So tell us about that aspect. And you wouldn't think that holding some poses is going to shape your body. So how is it doing Mm. that? Is it all about your core? Like what's happening? Yeah. I mean, I always say the yoga works you from the inside out. And the postures really are, you know, you can lift a weight, you can do the exercise. Yes, cardio is great, but you can do all this in your yoga practice sun salutations, you're creating cardio. One of my favorite cues, a teacher would say when I was developing young in my teaching practice was hug all of your muscles lovingly to the bone. Everything that we're looking for in every pose is that place that's not too much, that's not too little, it's just right. So we're engaging all of our muscles. We want to actually feel that all of our body parts are unifying and coming together in an engagement without it being aggressive. Mm -hmm. So in the journey to find that space, we're building so much body connection, body part connection, and just strength in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, holding postures, being on one leg for an extended amount of time, but none of the muscles should be lax. Everything has a sense of engagement, Mm -hmm. but without Mm -hmm. it being aggressive. So that's why everyone's, that's like soft, but supple. I mean, there's a strength, but suppleness to a yoga body. We were just talking before we jumped in the studio about you had listened to Ashley Judd's podcast on, on the Sex, Body and Soul show. And 
we would travel the world together, going to see different programs. And the work was hard. Like it was hard. We were listening to people's stories. We were in very hard conditions mentally and physically. It was hard. And she would literally get me on the mat or get me on the floor. And she'd be like, we're going to do a practice. And she would lead the practice. And I watched her body transform. I mean, she literally, you know, a massive yoga enthusiast and worked very closely with Sean Korn, who joined us on one of the trips and also led yoga practice, which was a real treat. And so I know that this works for all aspects of your life. And for Mm -hmm. us mamas out there, for us who have, you know, grown children and given birth to children, the effects on your core and I'm flattening your stomach and just being yeah. stronger. There's just nothing like it. Yes, there's nothing like it. The, the When we talk about the core and like you say, post children and what have you, the idea of using bandhas, which is this word for internal lifts or internal locks in yoga, is the floor of the pelvis lifting, the belly lifting in and up, which is a transverse abdominals. So those two lifts are in every single, we want to be doing in every single posture. So that's Mm -hmm. where it comes from the inside out. Because once you have that engaged, everything else connects from there, right? And your Mm -hmm. core also, right? Your all interconnects with all of your chakra system and the whole center line of your body. Mm -hmm. And then that's like your circuit breaker out to everything else. So when we take care of and nourish here, right? That has a vibratory effect on the rest of the body. Every time I talk to you, I either want to just drop into downward dog or I just have this (laughs) feeling that with you, we can change the world. I really do. Like your ability to reach people in a motivating, calm, beautiful way. It's really astonishing. Thanks, Kate. Let's set that intention right now. While we're right here on the podcast, we set the intention of this being the beginning of us helping to change the world together. Yeah, yeah, we are. We will. Yeah. We absolutely will. Yeah. Now, on that note, let's <laughs> talk about what we're cooking up for the world. Yes. Because we have joined together through Equinox. And for those who have lived it under a rock and don't know, Equinox is a group of fitness clubs around the world that do all types of fitness. But tell us a little bit about how we are structuring this, KK, because obviously we're aligning with Body Next and we want to change the future for all youth around the world uh, to embrace their bodies. But tell us a little bit on behalf of Equinox, what you guys are doing. Yeah. One of the things I loved about putting this, the class together in the form of the class, when JJ and I were talking and as I researched you ladies more and your organization. And like, we created these four mantras that the class will follow. So each, each teacher will be, I'll be co-teaching with, you know, some of the best teachers in DC and two of our best teachers and my dear friends in New York city. And each of us will teach about 15 minutes of the class and we'll have, because of each part of the class and what it serves, like the warm up. And where you're getting into like the deeper part of the class where I stole one of the mantras from you, where it says, my body is a powerhouse and it can do extraordinary things. Oh, yeah. I do remember saying that. I I did say that. (laughs) Yes. 
Yes. And I took that from you, but it's all in alignment with the Mm. work that you and the body agency are doing and how we want to create this energy in the class. And for everyone who's there to really have a deep understanding and appreciation for the work, uh, for the money that we're raising, what the class is going for, and just Mm -hmm. how one of the things I think is so remarkable, and I know all of our money for the classes are going to the dignity kits and that specifically. But in us doing that, everyone gets to learn a little bit more about the body agency and all the good that you're doing, because Mm -hmm. it's really about what I'm reading into is when, when I made these mantras is about you supporting a woman through every phase of her life Mm -hmm. yeah, and how we should feel supported in all the phases of our lives Mm -hmm. and, and just really be grateful for this body, be grateful for this vehicle. So as a collective, as we're in there together as a hundred plus people, teachers and students and all the people from the body agency, that that has a really profound vibratory effect out into the world and that we can just, and we can keep generating this energy, right? To to continue this work. So many reasons to be really excited about this. The first thing I will say is I was out with Ashley in India many, many moons ago when she first became one of our ambassadors. And we were helping these beautiful Indian women living in marginalized communities, many of whom had been forced into sex work. And it's how Ashley got me started on yoga because she said, let's all do yoga together. And we're really going to start to understand each other and come together as a community. And, you know, as I have traveled around the world, you know, everywhere I go now, there seems to be this connection to mindfulness, to spirituality, to yoga. And over the years of traveling, like we've done and seeing some of the core problems facing women, one of the common themes throughout the whole thing is that dignity is a human right. And our bodies are our temples, right? And as I said, we can do anything. And the great thing about this partnership is we will be building a movement. We will be using yoga and it's all of its power to inspire people, to teach health, to provide products and services to those less fortunate. But moreover, we are teaching our next community of youth about the future and all the different stages that we go through, starting at puberty, going all the way through motherhood, fertility, contraception, everything that you need, all the way up to menopause and beyond. And so... I could not be more excited. It fits completely with the work that we're doing. We're very grateful to Equinox for giving us people like you, KK, who can teach your wisdom and guide us on this journey. I'm so grateful for them as well, for the same. Yeah. 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 Scott and Judy are really remarkable people and and, um, absolutely do good all the time. Yeah, could have done anything and decided on girls and women and empowering women, empowering the healthcare, using this practice. So, yeah, we're really excited. And as you mentioned, our first pilot is January 21st in D.C. And of course, many of you will be listening to this podcast after 
our pilot, but we'll sure <laughs> be getting KK on again to talk about how it's all going. And then in New York on February 4th in Manhattan. So you can absolutely find all the details of how to register. Your registration will send a couple of dignity kits out to vulnerable girls and women around the world. We're actually sending quite a few over to the Ukraine where a lot of families have lost their houses and they'll be getting vital products to keep them clean and safe and hygienic. Such amazing work, Kate. Well, you know, honestly, I'm not just saying this. I have been a member of Equinox, actually at the studio where we're doing it, at, which is located in the Ritz-Carlton on M Street in Washington, D.C. for a very long time and have done yoga there for years and years and years and years. And so I feel like we've just really landed on our feet with this partnership. Yeah. And I think it's it's endless of what what we can do and where we can take this. And listen, there's a reason that yoga has been around for 5,000 years, right? That's right. And there's so many different branches, like even what we're doing, right? If we're not doing asana practice, this, what we're doing with the, and even if people want to donate and not come to the class, yeah. that's karma yoga. It's karma yoga or um, what we call even in in yoga, your seva work, S-E-V-A, seva work is like what you and Ashley go and do. It's like you're going and doing work for a greater good. Yeah. Well, the great thing about what we're doing as well is you can zoom in, right? You can come in virtually. As you say, you can just donate and feel good about that donation. But we really encourage you to come and have the whole experience of this incredible practice with UKK, with your colleagues, with the different teachers. We are right in the throes of organizing everything now. And it's really <laughs> exciting. And there will be other announcements as we go, but this yes, is definitely... I heard we have something exciting cooked up for DC. We do. We actually have a, a Hollywood troupe of teenage girls who are all Indian and they are trained Bollywood dancers. So... We're going to so have a, fun. yeah, we're gonna have a, we, we wanted something that also <laughs> speaks to our values. And, you know, we're obviously an international organization. We're doing work all over the world where it's needed. India is, I just got back actually from an Indian wedding and Saw, followed your travels. Yeah. Amazing. The vast difference between wealthy and poor is yeah. still, even though there's a booming middle class now in India, uh-huh. It always, it's so stark and so jarring yeah. when you are yeah. at something like a fancy Indian wedding and you go out mm -hmm. with the elephant, which I'm not sure how I feel about anyway, but you go out with the elephant and you go out into the local community and there's people with no shoes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember the first time that I landed in India and just on the car ride down to Mysore from Bangalore. And it was, it was intense. It was heavy heart. And I spent a lot of time there and it was one of the hardest, I always say that one of the most challenging mm. yet profound and yeah. awesome experiences of my life. Yeah. You know, it did give birth to yoga. We didn't talk about Mr. Bikram. <laughs> Let's not, because I want to keep it upbeat. But if you want to learn about it, there's, I think there's a Netflix show that talks about his wrongdoings. Uh -huh. But India, you know, just to end on this note, that India is a very fascinating country. First of all, it's a sixth of the world, right? It's yeah. I think we're on 1.4 billion people now live in India. And when you go, it's this strange mixture 
of incredible spirituality and colors yeah. and beautiful people and and this rich culture and just you know gold temples and i mean it's just gorgeous mixed with extreme poverty where you know cows and monkeys and dogs are just on <laughs> trash in the street yeah <laughs> don't approach the monkeys you walk, take out, your hand walk off. out the front door of your hotel and there's the cow <laughs> there's a cow yes or and a beggar <laughs> and i'll never forget my father telling me that on his trips to india before I was born, he couldn't bear it because he would see children who've had their yeah. limbs cut off so that they can beg more yeah. effectively. I mean, it's, but anyway, it's, it's this crazy country of hustle and bustle and traffic and horns and yeah. fog. And, and then you've got the beautiful spirituality and yoga and, and, you know, it's where it all comes from. So yeah, ah, it's all coming full Grateful circle. Grateful for that. Grateful. I'll say one of the reasons that I, and I say this, you know, why is, why is yoga so popular nowadays, right? It's more popular than we could have ever, than I could have ever imagined when I took my first teacher training 20 something years ago. And I truly believe it's because our world is so out of balance Yeah, and it is the root of bringing things into balance. So, and yeah. we're a microcosm to the macrocosm. So as the more and more of us humans with our divine source practice, the more balance I think that we'll bring into the world. That's mm. that's what I hope for. That's what my intention is in each student individually to help them bring themselves into optimal balance and find optimal mm. balance in their lives. Because that looks different for everyone, right? It looks different for each and every person. I am a massive believer that you cannot reach your full potential and full happiness in yourself if you do not identify your life of purpose. And I think all of this will help people to get there on their own journey, right? So that's what I am hoping for. And I couldn't be more grateful for you, KK, and, and, you. and Equinox and this partnership and bringing you into my life. I have set my purpose and I can't wait to see you in a couple of weeks. And thank you for your service. No, thank you. Thanks so much, Kate. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Sex, Body, and Soul. Remember, you can find all my favorite products and resources to support your health and sexual wellness through my one-stop shop, The Body Agency. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast listening platform. We are actually partnering up with Vital Voices to get much-needed dignity kits to the refugees in Ukraine. Girls and women do not have access to personal hygiene products that keep them safe and healthy. Please go to thebodyagency.com to donate a dignity kit today. Be sure also to sign up for our email list at The Body Agency for the latest curated recommendations from our industry experts and use our special promotional code podcast 10 to get a 10% discount. Thank you for listening.